Welcome to the Perry Stone YouTube channel. The title of my subject for the next few moments is the time to repent is soon coming to an end or coming to a close. And a lot of people that would watch this who are familiar with scripture would say to me, well, that's an impossibility because God is always going to give men the opportunity to repent. Let me read to you a story from the days of Noah. Now remember this, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. And a lot of times we read Matthew chapter 24 and, other, and also in Luke about the days of Noah and we focus on eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage before they entered the ark. And that's what we focus on. But if we go to the story of the actual pre-flood and flood account, also the post-flood account, which is Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8, there are so many clues. I, I'm going to say this to you. There are hundreds of clues concealed in these passages that can be applicable to the time in which we're living in. And I said hundreds, and I mean that. If we take the numbers and the, the dimension there, the time frame, the years, um, each individual word study, etc. I'm going to read this to you, and this really uh, st struck me one day. It came to pass when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters are born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were fair, and took them wives of which they chose. And the Lord said, watch this now, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So God now is putting a limited time frame that men will have to repent until the flood comes. The time frame is reduced to 120 years. Um, so it's believed, many scholars believe that by the time that Noah was 480 years of age is when God revealed this to him, that there would be 120 years remaining on the earth before the, the complete devastation would come. And of course, this gave him time to build the ark. He actually built the ark. If you will compare the time when Shem, Ham, and Japheth were born at age 500, and the fact that Noah was 600 years of age when he built the ark, that gives him 100 years to actually do the building process of the ark itself, which was a very tedious, long, and very large project to do. The point I wish to make is where he said, my spirit will not always strive with men. The Hebrew word there means to deal with or to cause a person to, to uh, well, it's kind of a, a, it's not really a judicial word here. As a matter of fact, uh, it says here to judge, to strive, used only here to judge, judge, judgeth, judgment, to contend with, to execute, to plead with. So in other words, God is saying, I'm not always going to plead with you in the form of judging you for, to where you will turn toward me. Now, what happens is, if we read the New Testament, that there comes times when, especially in the time of the end, when men's hearts become very hardened. Seducers will wax worse and worse. Some shall depart the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When you come to the book of Revelation in the tribulation period, there are three verses in the book of Revelation that said, and men no longer repented, men no longer repented, men no longer repented. Now to repent does not just mean, and I want to make this very clear, the Greek word repent does not just mean to be mournful, to be regretful, or to say I'm sorry. It actually means a complete 180, a complete turn to turn to where it changes your actions, words, and behavior. Let me say it again. To turn to God to where it changes your actions, your words, and your behavior. 
there are some people that repent in the sense of they are remorseful or sad for what they did, but their behavior continues. So this is what always bothered me about people that may go to church for an hour on Sunday morning and Monday through Saturday, they're doing every single thing that people in the world who are not converted to the Lord are doing, their actions and all that type of thing. Yet they, they didn't really change. And if they did not change, they did not truly repent because the Spirit of God on the conscience working on your repentance changes your behavior. And so we have times of which there are seasons in which the Lord deals with people or He convict, convicts people. And the Bible said that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And as long as, let me say this, as long as the Spirit of God is working on earth, in the people of God and through the church, there will always be the opportunity of repenting. And I want to say that again, as long as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the church is on the earth and preaching the gospel, there will always be an opportunity for men to hear the gospel and believe. Because here's what it says. This gospel of the kingdom would preached in all nations as around the world as a witness unto all nations. And then the end would come. Matthew 24, 14. Then when you look at verse 15, you're, you, you are thrust into the time of the tribulation period. As long as the church is here, as long as the gospel is preached, there's an opportunity for men to repent. However, in Romans 1, when Paul writes to the church at Rome and men are given the opportunity to turn to God, they instead worship the creation more than the creator. They worship the creature more than the creator. And if you read Romans 1, this is where you get into a lot of the immoral activity that was happening during the time of the Roman Empire. And what happened is men's mind became reprobate. And once they became reprobate, the Greek word there in Romans 1 is useless. Uh, their minds became useless. Their minds could not think on the things of God, nor did they have the desire to turn to God. And as, as Peter said, they became like a, a swine that went back to the pig pen or a dog that, that vomits and then licks its own vomit up. I know that's gross. I hope you're not having lunch right now. So, uh, but that's what happens. And so there, we're, we're still able to, to preach the gospel and men to repent. But when your heart, here's the key, becomes hardened, when your ears become dull, when you cease to hear and cease to listen, then here's what's going to happen. Your season of repentance is coming to an end because your heart can become so hardened like Pharaoh that he no longer listens to the warnings of God. He no longer lets the Holy Spirit deal with him. And so I want to encourage you who are watching me today to keep a very tender heart. I've taught my children from the time they were young. I've lived this way. I've taught this to people that one of the secrets of following the Lord is to stay humble before God. And if you do wrong, to be quick to repent and turn. And I always told my kids, make sure before you go to bed at night that your heart is right with the Lord, whatever you have to say, whatever you have to pray. And my little daughter from age 11 to 14 got uh, into pornography. We did not know it. She did it on an iPad that she had. And uh, she testifies now, she's in her 20s. She testified how God delivered her after four years of being bound. And so I, she would always ask the Lord to help her. And finally, she got serious and God completely delivered her from that. You can be free and you can be delivered if you will turn to the Lord with all of your heart. And if you're in a real bondage, kind of cry out to him. You don't have to be in front of people. You don't even have to be in a church. But cry out to him where you are and ask him for your help. And I'm going to tell you something. He will be faithful to help you. 
But I do fear that the world's going to come to a point where they become hardened to the Holy Spirit. They do not hear his voice. They are like the children of Israel in the wilderness. When Once they became hardened, they became full of unbelief. Once they became full of unbelief, they could not enter the promised land. And so don't be like Judas. He realized he did wrong, but it said he was remorseful in himself. But he ended up taking his own life because he did not turn or repent to God. Of course, he was. that's a theological uh, story there that's much more detailed than what I have time to get into. But your season... God can deal with you and deal with you and deal with you. And finally, you just eventually just just stop. I remember years ago in Whitmer, West Virginia, preaching a revival when I was about probably about 16 years of age or 17. And I was still in high school at the time. And I remember that um, the crowds weren't big. We had between uh, somewhere 12 to 16 people a night. And there was a woman that came every night and she sat on the on the back row. But I remember her countenance. She just she never smiled. She never worshiped. She never sang. And after about a, a four or five days of being there, I remember going back to, to her. The altar service was going on. People, the handful of people were there praying. And I said, ma'am, would you like to come to, to know the Lord? I, you know, I see you coming to church. Do you, have you received him? She says, no, I've never really accepted the Lord. And I said, well, I see you coming to church. Why don't you? And here's what she told me. She said, for years and years and years, the Lord dealt with me about repenting. And one time I said to him, leave me alone. I don't want to hear you again. And she said this, she said, I've been coming to church all these years wanting to know if the Lord would ever speak to me again. But she says, I can't feel anything. I can't hear his voice and I can't feel conviction. Of course, I was trying to console her and use scripture there. But at that point, I never was able to get through to her with the word or anything else. And so I always think of that. I mean, this has been like, you know, when I was 16, I'm 63 years of age and I've never forgot that moment. And so I want you just to always... Keep a repentant heart and a repentant spirit before God. Stay humble before God. And when he starts dealing with you and the Holy Spirit starts telling you to correct something, you need to start doing it because otherwise it will lead to chastisement. It could eventually lead to judgment. And so we don't want that to happen to you. So this is a pretty somber message, but it will be for someone who needs to hear this. And if you always learn something from us, always give us a thumbs up. We do hope that you will subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're reaching a lot of people right now around the world, and you can be a part of uh, that. And we also make a special offer available to you in the, in, the, in the videos in the future. We have a lot of new material resources coming out, and we'd like to uh, give you an opportunity to, to, to see those and maybe join us in a, a meeting in your area. Go to perrystone.org for that information. Thank you for your time. Did you know that many people are inheriting their ancestors' demonic attacks? What is the root problem when you can win a public battle, but you keep losing your private struggles when no one is watching? How can you drive out of your life spirits of depression and cutting and mental thoughts of suicide? Is there a way to get your mind back when you feel like that you are, as David said, at wit's end? Are there cracks in your faith? Is life full of continual physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual defeats? Folks, I want to teach you how you can learn spiritual warfare strategies from the battle tactics of famous military leaders that when you apply these same strategies, they work in the spirit realm. I will explain how a scandalon is designed to crack and weaken your faith. How will you overcome the biggest test that Satan sends you in your entire life? Discover how you can wear a shield of favor in your daily life. If you feel faint, weak, afraid, or faithless, you absolutely must read my 251-page landmark book, There's a Crack in Your Armor. 
Instead of losing all the time your spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional battles, go through these 17 detailed chapters loaded with spiritual and practical revelation and get ready to turn the battle forever and move it in your favor. I'm also going to include my two-hour audio CD teaching. I think it's the most important message all year long, what I have learned about spiritual warfare in my lifetime. The Lord impressed me to teach you what the Holy Spirit has taught me for the past 48 months or so and expose Satan's deception and his plots and explain how God's counterattack strategies will work if you apply them. Don't use the wrong weapon for the wrong battle. God has provided all that you need for each battle engagement. The book and CD are now available to the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what denomination you are or if you go to church or not. This is a resource that I think will bless you immensely. The book and the CD are available for your donation of $35 or more. Order by calling 1-888-21-BRED, or you can go online at perrystone.org and order that way. Or if you would prefer to send it through the mail, you can send a check to Perry Stone Ministries, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320. This teaching and instruction is needed right now. I have never seen more people engaging in weird warfare and under mental assaults of the powers of the enemy. Folks, we have the weapons, we have the tools. God has given us the insight, and I wanna take what I've learned, 46 years of ministry, what he has taught me, and get it into your hands to help you be an overcomer. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. If you enjoyed this YouTube content, there's an important website you should know about, perrystone.org. Perrystone.org is an essential resource for the latest books, audiovisual presentations, and digital products from Perrystone Ministries, resources that cover the same kinds of topics discussed in the program you just watched. Stop in and see all that's available at perrystone.org.